0: into mother, the incredible, emotional, and life-changing transformation we take when we go on our journey into motherhood. From all things conception to postpartum and parenthood, I will be talking with parents and hearing their stories of navigating these times while sharing helpful information along the way. Together, we'll be covering all stories, no matter how you have chosen to conceive, birth, or parent. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Maiden to Mother. Today we have a little bit of a different episode. We have Sarah from Female Physio Co. with us today. How are you going, Sarah?
1: I'm good. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for taking some time to come on here and tell us all about what you do. Would you be able to start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and exactly what it is that you do?
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Well, my name is Sarah and I'm a women's health physio on the Gold Coast. So I started being a physio, gosh, what was it? 2017. And then I pretty much went straight into private practice from there. And about six months in, I did some post-grad courses on pelvic health and just figuring out what the area entailed and sort of how we could help women with incontinence and prolapse. Because going through uni, you don't get much on pelvic health it's basically a two-hour lecture on the anatomy so it really interests me so I did some more courses and then pretty much six months into my career I started getting straight into pelvic health because I loved it so much and I realized how much you can make a difference in someone's life so I started doing that and then realized there was a massive need for it and my clientele grew and my clientele told their friends that you know You can help your incontinence and you can do something about your prolapse. So I think the word kind of got out a little bit and it just really grew to a point where I wanted to help more people. So I ended up starting my own clinic on the Gold Coast in Rabina, And I now have two amazing women's health physios working for me and it's it's been a really massive couple of years, but I, yeah, I wouldn't have any other way. And I just love that we can, we can reach more people now and help more, more women. But yeah, essentially, we all do pelvic health. So we assess clients in pregnancy, post-pregnancy, uh, pre/post menopausal, um, post-gynecological surgery, um, endometriosis clients, so a lot of painful intercourse pretty much anything related to the pelvis, we can can help with. So it's very broad, but also very niche in the physio world.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. Can you run us through what a typical exam would look like for women coming into the clinic?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I guess we created a clinic that It's it can be quite welcoming because when you go and book in for an initial pelvic health physio consult, it can be so daunting.
0: Mm. And a
1: lot of clients, it takes you like twelve months to actually bite the bullet and do it because you don't want to get your vagina assessed, you know, every day. It's not the most pleasant assessment to go (laughs) and have. So that's why I wanted to create a space that was welcoming and that wasn't too scary, not too clinical looking. Um, So essentially when you arrive, you'll be greeted by the girls and then we bring you into the clinic in the room and we run through about half an hour of your history first. So we go through what your main concern is, what your goals are, um, what is your past medical history, what's been going on for. We go through your entire bladder history. So how much fluid do you take in? How often do you do a wee? How often do you wee overnight? Um, do you feel empty? Do you dribble after you wee? Um, does your wee come out straight away? All all that history as well. We go through bowel health. So how regular are you? Do you strain? Do you have hemorrhoids? Do you have rectal bleeding? We go through everything for your bowels, um, and then we'll go through all your sexual history. So uh, we go through: Do you have pain with intercourse? Um, if so, how long? What type of pain is it? Entrance pain? Is it deep pain? um we go through your obstetric history have you had kids before if so how many if not are you trying what's your goals around um starting a family uh we go through gynecological history do you have endo PCOS abnormal pap smears are you on medications i could talk for hours so just <laughs> me by the way because
0: i will go on forever <laughs> no let's um, get really thorough
1: <laughs> yeah so we go through all of that as well just to get a really good idea of what's happening because we You know, if we don't know all of that, we can't, it's hard to get down to the bottom of a diagnosis. And essentially when we assess you or when we literally talk to you for half an hour in the chair without even touching you, we have a we might find with the the physical exam. So usually we'll then transition with your consent to do an internal vaginal exam. Um, And that is optional. So that is not for everyone. Not everyone wants that and that is completely fine. We can do external assessments. While the external ones aren't as accurate, we can certainly um, get down to as be as accurate as possible about what could be happening. Um, but then if we are, if the patient has consented to the internal vaginal exam, we will go very slow. So it's not like a, perhaps me, we specular mirror, we open up and then, you know, go from there. We do one single finger insertion. Um, We get you to squeeze around our finger, get you to let go, see how well can you let go, how well can you squeeze, um, how long can you hold a pelvic floor squeeze for. Um, We check for prolapse using a tongue depressor. So the assessment shouldn't be painful at all. And at any point, if it's painful, we will stop straight away so you feel as comfortable as possible, Um, Mm. particularly with our pelvic pain clients. We don't want to inflict any pain at all because that's not helping the situation um so yeah we do the internal exam we may do an external assessment as well see what your pelvis is doing what your the rest of your joints are doing um and yeah that's that's a very brief rundown of what we do yeah
0: yeah and I know obviously you've mentioned already a couple of times but it's not just women who are wanting to have children or have had children basically anyone who's having you know, sort of like pains with sex and stuff like that can come and see you.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, we have a lot of that, especially our clients, especially our our younger clients. So our clients in their 20s, early 20s, even, you know, even obviously late 20s we get them too, but a lot of our early 20s we do get a lot of pain with intercourse. So um, that can be just the entrance pain where it's just you can't get past the entrance and then once you do it's generally okay, but that entrance pain is quite severe Um Hmm. a lot of my clients with endometriosis have a lot of deep penetration pain and it's a very common complaint. Or they can have both. So it's one of those things I actually love treating pelvic pain because it can be so rewarding. Um, you know, I had pelvic pain with intercourse myself years ago when I I got through that and I know you can. And it just you can do so much for it. And so I guess my passion really lies in helping clients get back to intimacy pain-free and not be fearful of that because it's such an important part of life and your relationship and yeah it's a really rewarding area to work in
0: do you think it's becoming more common to see a pelvic floor physio
1: i think so 100 percent. i don't know if it's social media or people are talking about it more yeah and when i went through uni seven, seven maybe seven odd years ago We I didn't even know about about pelvic health. We didn't even know this was a thing. I remember being in my lecture about the anatomy for two hours anatomy around the pelvic health, the pelvic floor, and and I said to my girlfriend, Rachel, at the time, I was like, I cannot believe physios do internal exams like what it blew my mind and I was like mm. I could never do that and like you know here we are yeah but, um, <laughs> I yeah I didn't know about it at all and therefore physios didn't often know about it because you weren't taught it and still in a lot of unis you aren't you're not taught pelvic health you've got to go off and do multiple post-grad courses to be qualified but 100% I think everyone's talking about it now and I think that's the beauty of social media. The word can get around to a lot more of a larger audience. So people, yeah, are just more aware, which has been amazing to see.
0: Yeah, yeah. I had absolutely. I was exactly like you when I was pregnant, and I got told about it. I was yeah. like, "What? Yeah, I you? Yeah, <laughs> looking yeah. at my vagina, really? Yeah, but I'm I glad know. I found you. <laughs> <No>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so you hear often, I guess, like middle-aged women you know it's sort of like a joke that they might like wee when they sneeze or you know they've had kids and stuff when they were like 20 30 years ago can pelvic floor physios help those sorts of women as well
1: yeah it's one of those things where a lot of you see a lot of you know billboards and, and and ads saying it's not normal to leak and you know, by saying to someone that you're not normal can be very triggering. So I think, no, it's not normal, but it's very, very common and it can certainly be treated. And that's what the message that I like to put to my clients is that if you have a client come in and we have lots, I think the stats are like one in two of us have urinary incontinence um, in general that's not even having after having babies that's just in general and so to say you're not normal is it's not very nice to hear so i think just being aware and knowing that's common but it can be treated is really important because you can just do Mm. so so much for it
0: yeah okay so we're gonna pull um i guess back to like more birth and pregnancy stuff Mm um and well i'll run through a few of the things that i got asked on instagram from some of our listeners Mm -hmm. um so one of them was do you have to do any sort of preparation with your pelvic floor if you're having an elective cesarean
1: that's a really good question and i would say not as much as you would if you're having a vaginal delivery so when you're pregnant regardless you can still have some pelvic floor injury with a elective cesarean so the stats are roughly seven percent pelvic floor injury even with having a cesarean. and that's just purely in pregnancy that's just due to the weight of baby on pelvic floor that can weaken over time so your pelvic floor has to work a lot harder just being pregnant alone so anyone who's pregnant despite what delivery mode that they will utilize we still recommend come in let's check pelvic floor because being pregnant can be factor for things like prolapse and incontinence itself so even just being pregnant yes having a vaginal birth you want to be a bit more mindful about how well you can let go and relax pelvic floor how well you can bear down those things we don't need to look at too much when you're having a caesarean electively. However, I do see on the old occasion that clients post-caesarean, whether it's elective or emergency, can still come at the other end with a tighter pelvic floor. And mm-hmm. that can be due to the epidural, the spinal, the, just the tension your body creates after having a abdominal surgery. Um, So, we kind of like to see what your baseline is. So, postnatally, we can see what has changed, if anything has changed. Um, And, you know, if you have naturally a higher resting tone or a naturally tighter pelvic floor at rest, then if we assess you post caesarean and you have the same thing, well, nothing has really changed. But if we only assess you post caesarean, you know, intravaginally, and you have quite a high resting tone, we don't really know if that was from the caesarean or whether that was from you in general or in just being yeah. normal for you. So we do certainly recommend even just getting assessed when you're pregnant. However, there's not as much prep for a caesarean as it would be for a vaginal birth.
0: Yeah. Okay, great. Well, you have somewhat answered um, some of the questions, but I'm still going to ask them. We're going to keep on the caesarean <laughs> theme. Um, can exercises be done whilst you're recovering from a caesarean or should you wait for clearance from someone like yourself before you start doing them?
1: Yeah, so when, again, when we assess clients prenatally, we will go through a birth prep console and that's at around 35 weeks. And if you're having an elective caesarean or a vaginal birth, you know, despite what you're having, again, we'll still kind of prep for both, even if you are having a vaginal birth. In case it goes to a caesarean, we go through, we give you a handout, just say, you now, just in case, you know, it goes to a caesarean, then here is the document you can go through with some exercises just so you have something to, you know, to help you with. Because occasionally if we just prep you for a vaginal birth, then if you have an a, a, a emergency caesarean, then it's kind of like you're left in the dark. So we kind of like to not enforce and not not manifest caesarean, but we just mm. give you a document just to say, in case it happens, I'll pop it into your pack and you can refer back to it if it, if it does happen. So when, so with that concert we'll go through some pelvic floor exercises to start straight away post-caesarean um and also some gentle core exercise to go through in the first six weeks postpartum so we give you a a list of exercises we go through them in the clinic and we make sure you're familiar with them know how to do them And that will just get your core activated until we find you coming back at six weeks postpartum. We can start a bit more advanced exercises from that point onwards. And certainly after cesarean, if you find you're, uh, you know, you're taking bit longer to recover and you just want to rest and that's totally, totally fine. So it's just really for the clients who want to do something, they feel great and they want to kickstart their their rehab, you certainly can do gentle, low-impact exercise um, that we do recommend be guided by a physio um, and yeah so we give you we give you a you know, bunch of exercises to work on from that point onwards and then we get you to do yeah more more still still low impact exercise from six weeks onwards but we'll, we'll we go through all those guidelines uh, postnatally from that point onwards it's at six weeks post
0: mm, okay brilliant um the last cesarean question um... Can a C-section put you at higher risk of a bowel or a bladder prolapse post-surgery or is it just the same sort of risk as a natural birth?
1: For elective cesarean, do you mean? Yeah, yeah. So the risk is certainly higher with a vaginal delivery and less with a cesarean. Just because with a vaginal birth you're pushing very intensely down through your pelvic floor, and when you push down, you put a lot of strain on the attachments of your organs towards your spine. So your organs get pushed down quite a lot and it can, that's why a lot of women can feel vaginally heavy post vaginal birth mm. um, because they have pushed, like you've pushed down a big poo for like, you know, you could be pushing for two hours to push that baby out. So there's certainly more, can be more injury with with a vaginal birth rather than cesarean because it takes out the pushing phase. Um, but, yeah, so... yeah Yeah, definitely definitely more risk of injury with with a vaginal birth but that can still be that can still be um treated
0: yeah for sure um so this is a very specific question
1: Mm.
0: so i have one listener who is five months postpartum she actually Mm -hmm. sees you um (laughs) i've told her to go back to you um so she's five (laughs) months postpartum She had hemorrhoids straight after birth um, Mm -hmm. but and then they went away and then they've sort of come back and they've aggressively come back and they're very, very painful. Um, She's unable to get rid of them and she wants to know, is that something that you would go back to see a pelvic floor physio for?
1: Mm, Yeah, good question. So I would want to know what her bowel habits are like. How often is she emptying her bowels? Is she straining? Is she promoting good bowel habits like using a footstool, leaning forward, relaxing your stomach, breathing out rather than straining? Um, that would be the first thing I'd be looking at. And then how, you know, how often is she wiping? What is her history of hemorrhoids like in the past? The other thing I would highly suggest is referring her to a dietitian to work on her stool consistency. At the end of the day, we can work on letting go of pelvic floor, emptying your bowels the the correct way. If your bowels, so if your fluid intake is pretty poor, if your diet is quite inconsistent and you're not having enough fibre or if you're having too much fibre, then those things kind of counteract the work counteract the work we do to let go and release pelvic floor. Constipation can cause, obviously we know, hemorrhoids because you are straining quite a bit and the strain can cause hemorrhoids. So I would want to know, yeah, what, what are your bowel habits like and how can we get your diet to to positively influence your bowel motions? Does that mm. make sense?
0: Yeah, it absolutely does. So essentially if we've got women who are experiencing i guess having issues with um hemorrhoids it's probably best to go and see a pelvic floor physio and they can point you in the right direction anyway
1: totally because the other thing too if you're becoming tighter in pelvic floor or for some reason your pelvic floor is no longer working appropriately where it's maybe contracting when it should be relaxing when you empty your bowels then we want to look at that and screen for that because a lot of time we get clients in here with a long history of constipation and they're either they've either been diagnosed with ibs or they just say, oh, you know, it's just, that's just how I, I just don't empty, you know, I, I or, or I empty every three, four days. That's normal for me. It's often the case that it can actually be the pelvic floor being too tight and not being able to let go, um, which can then cause urinary incontinence and an overflow of other symptoms. So, yeah, we, we, we want to know what, how is the pelvic floor working because you have to be able to relax pelvic floor in order to pass bowel down motion. So if you have to strain, which often, again, hemorrhoids can come by straining frequently then what you know what is happening with that the other thing too if all those you know if they come back to us and everything is generally within normal limits and their diet's pretty you know regular they're still type is normal i'd be referring back to a gp to get a referral to a colorectal surgeon um, just for an opinion nothing to be done straight away but particularly if there's any um anorectal bleeding that's a big red flag and that should be referred straight away to a gp um, just a further investigation.
0: Yeah, that's good to know. Um, so I guess it's obviously very common to have a tear after birth. Mm-hmm. Um, how do women, how should women deal with their tears and is it safe to continue doing pelvic floor um, exercises and stuff, especially if, you know, you have a like fourth degree tear, like a pretty serious tear? Mm,
1: yep, yep. So we again give our clients a pelvic floor muscle training program to start straight away post baby. Now it's got to be started only when you have no catheter. So catheter's got to come out. And as long as you have no pain to squeeze pelvic floor post birth. If you have, say, a third or fourth degree tear, then depending on the level of tear, you may wait a week or two just for the stitching to heal because those third and fourth degree tears have to be repaired surgically by a colorectal surgeon straight away. They can't be left. So often they will, in, in the hospital setting, you may be asked to start them in a week or two. Um, however if you feel if it's quite a mild third degree tear or if you have full feeling full sensations down there and you can squeeze pelvic floor then we highly encourage you to start as soon as possible i actually get all my clients all, all our clients to come in at three weeks postpartum if they have a 3B or more tear. And we don't do any internal exam then because we can't do it until six weeks postpartum, but we do make sure we tailor their program to their body and we up the ante a little bit. So things will change a little bit if you do tear more than a 3B tear. But yeah, we certainly do um want you to start your muscle training sooner rather than later. Doesn't mean if you're four months postpartum, you know you had a third criteria and you've done no rehab, that doesn't, doesn't matter at all. We can still start that. It's not too late, but you'll get better effects and better benefits for your postpartum recovery if you do start them earlier under the guidance of a physio.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. Um I guess like a misconception is with an overactive or really tight pelvic floor, is it okay to be doing pelvic floor exercises? I
1: love this question. So yeah, <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it? We there's a lot of stigma around doing. It comes kilos, up a lot. Yeah, floor, yeah, do <laughs> pelvic floor exercises. So we, I often wouldn't give pelvic floor exercises to anyone that I haven't assessed internally. And again, yes, if someone declines the internal exam, we can a pretty good picture of what could be happening so we work on more so not only down training and relaxing but we want to make sure we're not overloading the patient who we're not sure of if they are overactive if if you have an overactive pelvic floor it means you can turn your pelvic floor on but you can't quite let it go completely it just stays on if you have a high tone pelvic floor it means you're tight at rest so you still might be able to turn it on but maybe not much because you're already on you can't often turn it off either so those two, uh, I guess, symptoms are different, but we would not be wanting someone with a high tone or a tight pelvic floor or an overactive pelvic floor to be overdoing pelvic floor exercise because it could certainly make your symptoms worse, particularly if you have a history of pain with intercourse, difficulty putting tampons in, if you have some stress urinary incontinence, if you have constipation. They're all sort of risk factors or, or symptoms of an overactive pelvic floor.
0: Yeah. Um and so moving on from from those questions mm-hmm. um h- how often should you keep up with an appointment with your pelvic floor physio like if you've given birth and you've seen someone and and they've cleared you and you've um you know you've done your exercises and stuff should you check in every year even if you feel like you're feeling good or what's the sort of time frame that you'd recommend
1: yeah it really depends so we always see everyone at six weeks postpartum and depending what you're you're coming in with and how symptomatic you might be we might see you you know once a week for a couple of weeks and we space you out to every two weeks and then once a month and then once every six months and so forth until we're happy that we've met your goals. so it's so hard to answer because everyone is so different so often if you if you have a prolapse, say, for example, and you have quite a weak pelvic floor, then if you want to run, then I want to work with you for a bit longer just to make sure we're really supporting and working on strength in the longer term. Um, just support that prolapse. We you know running can put more pressure onto your prolapse, but you can still do it. Um, we just need to work on your strength and, you know, make sure your bladder and bowel health is is in check. So, yeah, someone like that I would, I would assess... Possibly every six twelve months after I've seen them for a period of time that I'm happy with their goals and they're now no longer as- or, or and they're now asymptomatic. Um, it's, a, it's a really yeah, it's hard a one.
0: Yeah, it's a, everyone's
1: so different.
0: Um, and taking birth and pregnancy out of the picture,
1: mm-hmm. just
0: regular everyday women. Should we be doing pelvic floor exercises every day? Mm,
1: That's a really good question. I always explain to patients that there are a few times in life where your pelvic floor is at risk of being vulnerable and being weak. And those times include being pregnant, being post pregnancy, and then going through menopause, pre and post menopause, pre, peri, and post. And I guess they're the times where you want to make sure you're checking in with your women's health physio and just seeing where you're at because if you've had no symptoms, you don't often need to rush to a women's health physio. However, when you're pregnant, it's just good to know to help you birth the, the way you want to birth and to minimise the risk of tears and and post-pregnancy when you want to get back to exercise, making sure you're doing it in a way that you're not going to put yourself at risk of having incontinence down the track or or, or any sort of symptoms like that, and then again going through menopause, where we have you know a, a drop in our hormones, that we want to make sure we are supporting the muscles and making sure that they are still strong. Again, everyone's really different. I've got marathon runners who have a one out of five, five being the strongest, zero being nothing, a one out of five pelvic floor strength. And they can run long distance with no issues. And they've got their, you know, no issues at all. So some clients just don't need a very strong pelvic floor, which sounds silly to say. Mm. Um, But again, it depends on your goals and it depends on what stage of life you're at.
0: Yeah, amazing. Um, And, Pilates usually comes hand in hand with women's health physio. Can you tell us a bit about why?
1: Yeah. So Pilates, it's a really nice, it's a controlled environment. So we can just watch you move correctly. And there's a very big focus around your breath. So I think the physios and I at the clinic here, we spend every single appointment talking about breath at some point point just because our diaphragm and our pelvic floor they're both deep core muscles so if you're holding a breath you know our core is metaphor of your pelvic floor your diaphragm a deep internal muscle called trans and then a back muscle called multifidus so it's kind of like if you work your core you've got the four main components there of the muscle it, it's kind of like if you're not if you're holding your breath and your diaphragm is not working that's kind of like driving a car with three gears and one gear is quite it's not working very well it's not as efficient so, if you know, we want to look on how how well you are breathing, because often in Pilates we want to see: Are you actually breathing in and relaxing, and then exhaling and contracting, or are you just like shallow breathing into your chest, and then therefore your pelvic floor might get tighter, or are you letting go of your core at all, or is it just on the whole time? So we want to look at a few different components, but Pilates. It's all about not only just strengthening our muscles, but lengthening too. So it's why a lot of physios like Pilates because you're not just shortening, contracting all the time. You are lengthening to complement that strengthening or that muscle strengthening exercise. So it, it, it builds so much variety. But Pilates also isn't for every client. It's a great way to get back into doing some maybe gentle exercise. Whilst whilst Pilates can still be quite challenging, it's a good way to toned back the intensity but it's not for everyone if i have powerlifters come in here then pilates is not going to be part mm. of the goal so it can, <clears throat> it can help definitely but we always tailor everyone to what they want to do if they want to do swimming what they want to do you know crossfit or hit workouts we want to make sure we you know we tailor that to their program perfect
0: um and could you give us any product recommendations that you would have for recovery post-birth? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So there are so, there are so oh, you guys, it's so funny because when you get full <laughs> pregnant, you get just thrown all these ads with everything, right? And I some know. of them are amazing, but it can be so overwhelming. I, I, I always speak from a physio perspective. I could not tell you the best, like, you know, belly cream. I can tell you a couple, but that's not really what what we promote. We we can certainly recommend that. But the ones we promote the most is probably recovery shorts for your abs separation. So we really like the SRC recovery shorts Mm -hmm. and we often get clients to wear them straight away if it's comfortable to do so, day and night for the first six weeks minimum um and then that's for your app separation so uh, we swear by those shorts we are backed by research we see really good results by them not everyone can wear them not everyone feels comfortable and that's totally fine and we go through all the pros and cons of of you know wh- why they're beneficial for you in in clinic um that, and they're, they're very, very good. So research shows by literally just wearing compression gums, it actually can aid your separation and recovery better than just doing core activation exercises, which is great. So um, we know that's, that's, you know, evidence-based. Which we, you know, we sort of, we're trying to abide by in the clinic. Yeah. Um, so that would be the first thing. The other thing would
0: be... And, oh, um, sorry, just before yeah. we move on, are SRC tights suitable for caesarean and vaginal birth.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good question. So they are designed to support um, wounds. So caesarean wound, perineal stitches, they're designed for both of those. But again, like I said, not everyone can wear them, especially if you're quite sensitive around the caesarean scar. Not everyone wants anything touching the area, which, you know, we want to work on that as well to try and reduce their sensitivity around the scar. So um, whilst we encourage it, you know, obviously, if you struggle putting them on, that's okay too. So we, everyone's postpartum journey looks different. Mm. Um, but if we can wear them, we highly recommend wearing
0: them. Perfect. And what was the other one that you're going to recommend?
1: Um, so it's more so when it comes to resuming intimacy postnatally. We definitely recommend lubricant. Even if you feel well lubricated, we would still recommend using something externally around the, the vulva. Um, just to reduce sensitivity, any discomfort that you might have. Um, So we love a few different products depending on whether or not you use condoms, whether or not you're quite dry, whether or not you use toys, whatever your, you know, personal situation is. Um, We use either a water-based, oil-based or silicon-based. We love the Olive & Bee, which a lot of physios recommend. Actually, Australian owned and it's created by physio. so Um, we love the olive oil as a very natural, um, gentle approach. The water-based one, we use what's called the Yes Water Based. That one is a very gentle organic brand too. A lot of the the lubricants you find in the supermarket, they can be quite high in synthetic. So not all of them, but they can be. So if you are quite sensitive down there, if you've had any pelvic pain before, then we often recommend something a bit more natural, a bit more gentle and steely on the skin. Um, and then the silicon-based one, we recommend the Uber loom, which comes in a beautiful little glass um, jar and it kind of looks like um, perfume, so you never even know <laughs> it would be lubricant. Um, so we definitely, I mean, this is all things we go through in your postpartum appointment anyway, but, yeah, we go through different options for you, why it's beneficial and, um, and how you can use it.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. And so for... Obviously all of our listeners on the Gold Coast, I'll put um, all of your information and I'll tag your Instagram and all of your details, but would you be able to share a little bit about the program that you offer on your website just for the ladies listening who aren't able to access you on the Gold Coast?
1: yeah of course so i do have a couple of ebooks so i have a pregnancy exercise ebook and that one is trimester specific so essentially you have lower body workouts upper body workouts and whole body workouts and that will be all through um first second and third trimester and in amongst those workouts you have a pelvic floor challenge to do you have a mobility exercise stretchy exercises Um, At the front of the book, there'll be all information around good bladder health, good bowel health, what a prolapse is, how to reduce your risk of prolapse, um, all about uh, breathing and how to squeeze, when to squeeze, when to relax. what else is there there's there's information on that and ab separation today. i already mentioned that i can't remember if i, if I already I mentioned that so. Huh. um so yeah ab separation and your exercise guidelines during pregnancy too so it's quite a massive book it's a bit it's at 200 pages and there's just heaps of information just to keep you active through your whole pregnancy because we know now with the research that you know being active in in pregnancy is not only safe but it's it's kind of really important to be honest it's almost Mm. it's almost can be a bit bit detrimental to not to non-exercise so obviously be cleared by your obstetric care provider first um before commencing it but we do really recommend um exercising if you can so that that program it's a bit of a pilates slash strength cardiovascular fitness endurance fusion so a bit of pilates bit of strength a bit of getting your heart rate up a bit of conditioning in there as well and then the postpartum ebook is an eight week program you start from six weeks postpartum we do recommend you get cleared to start that by a women's health physio so once you're cleared you can start the program and it will gradually get more challenging as the weeks go by and there'll be a big focus around ab separation recovery um reducing risk of prolapse as well and again all information around the topics i've already mentioned um and there'll be sort of a self-check of your app separation point the halfway mark so you can kind of see how well you have recovered um and if you can uh, tell a difference um, so they're, they're the main they're the main two ebooks. The other one that I have is a really really simple thirty day pelvic floor strengthening ebook. Now again, obviously I, I have a disclaimer there that if you do have any pain with intercourse, pain putting tampons in, any general internal pelvic pain, then don't do it. Get cleared by a physio first. If you know you've been checked by a physio and you know you just need to strengthen, this 30-day ebook is a really great one to do um, for 30 days. Every single day you have a different workout and it just kind of keeps you on track and it keeps you, um, I guess, increases the compliance of doing pelvic floor exercises and, it, yeah, it can really make a big difference with your strength because it's, it's a new challenge every day. It's kind of easy to not get bored because it's different every single day. So, um and that one's been great it's been easy to follow so um yeah they're the three ebooks
0: that's amazing thank you so much and i'll share all of that information in the instagram post with your episode oh thank you well sarah from female physio co thank you so so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us i really appreciate that i cannot wait to share all of this information with all of the ladies listening
1: no worries. Thank you so much for having me. And, yeah, just happy to to be on your podcast. And, yeah, you're doing an amazing job with, you know, getting the word out to women. So, Aww, yeah, kudos to Sarah. you as well.
0: <laughs> Thank you. What a fantastic episode. Thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on and sharing with us all the information on pelvic floor health. I hope this episode has served you. Please share it among your friends if you think that they're gonna benefit from listening to this. And I'll share all of Sarah's details on the Instagram. Um, You can access her website where you will be able to access the eBooks that we spoke about. And if you're wanting to learn more about pelvic floor health, Sarah has her own podcast called Listen Up Ladies. And I will also include that in the Instagram notes you can follow along with Sarah on Instagram at female physio co her Instagram is very informational she often shares a lot of exercises and tips and tricks on on her Instagram so I encourage you to check out that thanks guys and I'll see you next time on the show remember mama you're everything that your baby needs and you're doing an amazing job